0: Welcome into Bearcat Rewind. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. Episode number 51, Northwest Missouri State Athletics officially returning to competition this weekend. After seven months of really no games, meets, races, or anything, the Bearcat cross country team will lead the way this weekend with the Newman Invitational in Wichita, Kansas on October 30th. And this will be the first meet of the season for Northwest men's and women's cross country. And it's the only meet before a shot at a national title. The Newman invite will be made up of only MIAA squads, and the top five women's teams and top four men's teams will earn a spot in the Division II National Invitational November 14th in Lubbock, Texas. So it's a huge opportunity to be able to compete, but there's a lot riding on this weekend's meet in Wichita, Kansas. To get the full scope of this meet, but also just the joy to be able to run a meaningful race, Northwest Cross Country Coach Nick Gibson is with us on the podcast today to help us break it all down. A Bearcat Rewind is brought to you by the Northwest Foundation, providing support for the Northwest Alumni Association and the university's funding needs since 1971. More information on Facebook or online at nwmissouri.edu slash alumni. And Clarinda Regional Health Center, offering support to southwest Iowa and northwest Missouri each day during times of uncertainty through a local team of providers and nurses. More information at com. Nick Gibson is on with us to break down this weekend's meet in Wichita, how the Northwest men's cross country team can exceed sky high expectations and the women's program flying under the radar, but ready to break through during this abbreviated season. Let's dive into this week's episode of Bearcat Rewind the cross country season for northwest missouri state is finally here we have a meet coming up in wichita kansas on october 30th that is a friday actually of later this week the men's and women's cross country teams uh, will be competing in that in what is basically a pseudo miaa championship meet we have the cross country coach for northwest missouri state uh, nick gibson with us on the line now and I mean, is that how you're kind of characterizing this with your team, Nick, as you look up and down the Newman Invitational only has MIAA teams in it? Is this basically just a conference championship meet?
1: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's that's kind of what we're looking for. I mean, um, with uh, having a national meet in Texas, you know, potentially the two weeks after, uh, you know, that was one of the qualifications for the meet was you have to, you know, finish so high in a conference meet. And obviously the MIAA decided not to, um, have a conference meet so you know we're able to get majority of the teams together and there get get their approval from their universities to be able to run um, so you know as coaches got together and we're just like okay well we can still qualify for this you know national championship meet per se um, you know and host be able to host our own kind of conference meet um, you know to be able to do it too and you know give our athletes the opportunity to be able to compete.
0: I talked to Brandon Masters the uh, head track and field coach here at Northwest just as I guess it was in April and after the um, outdoor track and field national championships had been wiped out and you kind of go into that feeling like really a chance to come away with a women's national championship uh, in that meet that didn't actually get uh, didn't actually happen uh, thanks to COVID-19. But when we were talking, it was like in April that if there's a sport that could happen, wouldn't it be cross country? You're outdoors. You're essentially working on spacing yourself out the entire race anyway. Of course, it's kind of a cluster there, um, right at the beginning. But it feels like if there's going to be a sporting event that should happen right now, it should be cross country, right?
1: Oh yeah, I mean I, I completely agree. I mean that's you know the thing for me is like my brother coaches at you know jury. Um, they they just had their conference meet you know and had a conference you know season. Um, obviously it was a little adjusted because of COVID, but, you know, it's like they're a couple hours away from us and they're having a normal season. And, you know, that we're I feel like we're in a better place because we have a smaller town, smaller community. Um, you know, we don't have as much potential, you know, COVID stuff that, you know, they do in, you know, Springfield. Um, you know, and that's what we're just like, why, why aren't we able to have a meet when our sport is literally social distancing? You know, I understand, you know, some of our big competitions, you know, you get a lot of teams together, it's like, okay, well we can you know we can adjust and modify that, make it smaller meets, you know, limited competitions and, you know, try to, you know, limit the exposure within, you know, a conference. so, you know, kinda like, you know, what football's doing, you know, no out of season, you know, meet, you know, races or, you know, games. So us saying, you know, would staying in conference would have helped with that. Um, but, you know, obviously, you know, we don't make the rules. We kind of just are told, you know, what happens and, you know, we are, you know, going to do the best we can with the opportunity that we're given.
0: So much of what we look at, uh, I think when, with, with younger students in in elementary and high school, but even throughout uh, college kids and, and adults too, I guess, whenever you think about COVID-19 and being quarantined, you're not able to see friends or go to work or go to school and classes and all this. Um, it's tough on everybody, but when you look up and down your roster, especially, You have people from all over the Midwest. You have international students on your cross-country teams. How do you balance that that mental well-being for them um, while also focusing on, hey, if we have the chance to have a meet, we're going to get out there and race. We've got to be ready to race, but we want to take care of them as individuals, too. How does a coach balance that?
1: Difficultly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, it's a lot of different, you know, moving pieces, and, you know, I think, the you know we tried to look at the you know the quarantine and the COVID as a you know really good opportunity and i especially for our guys um you know coming off our fifth place finish last year at nationals i mean our goal was you know to try to win this year um you know and that that's what kept pushing them and driving them all summer was like okay we feel like we're gonna have a shot you know to run this fall and then you know our ladies too i mean they We knew we had a really good recruiting class and gotten some really, you know, some good transfers. And some of our ladies that we returned, you know, had great summers of training and, you know, were coming in really fit. And we felt like our girls team was going to take a big leap. Um, You know, and obviously, you know, we felt like it was a disappointment when they canceled it, you know, originally. But now getting the opportunity to compete, um, you know, we just, you know, had to try to keep in that mindset, you know, you know, maybe our work that we're putting in isn't going to pay off right away because we're not going to get a season. But, you know, it's going to pay off, you know, whenever we finally get the opportunity to compete. And, you know, it's, you know, trying to, you know, stay focused and, you know, stay in it. I mean, it's a long time of training for some of these athletes by themselves, you know, at home, you know, around their parents, you know, in different situations, sometimes it's tough for them to get out of the house and to be able to do it depending on where they live. But, Um, A lot of the kids ended up staying here over the summer and being able to train, you know, with, you know, their other teammates or went um, and, you know, visited them at other places, too. So a lot of the team was able to train with each other. But then some of them were just, you know, had group chats where they were, you know, checking in and keeping up with each other and, you know, trying to, you know, stay motivated and do the best they can, um, you know, with
0: it. Uh, Another curveball kind of thrown into all of this that we've gone through and and you have all these athletes training um, throughout the summer. And throughout the early portion of the fall, and it's, and it's been warm and it's been nice, you're being thrown into, uh, into a meet coming up this week, which I think it's supposed to warm up as we get a little bit later in the week, and it's going to be nicer. But last time I checked, it was snowing in Wichita, and as we record this here on a Monday afternoon, we got snow in Maryville. Does it make it easier to train whenever we're going into, you know, the mid-20s in the mornings and it warms up to the 30s, or does it, is it easier, is it harder? How does that affect these student-athletes?
1: Um, for, it depends on the student athlete. Honestly, there's some athletes that are better, warmer weather runners, and there's some that are better in the cold. Um, but, you know, there's some athletes that are, you know, struggling with the adjustment and the flip-flopping the temperatures, Um, you know, going from hot to cold. Sometimes it messes with their, you know, their breathing and, you know, in their lungs because, you know, constricting and um, diluting, you know, with the change, you know, changes in temperatures really affects them. Um, so some of the athletes, you know, are really excited for the cooler weather, um, but some of them are, you know, wanting it to be warmer because they race better in it. So a lot of it depends on the athlete, um, but, you know, we try to prepare the athletes, you know, for any conditions and any, you know, circumstance, so they, they're they prepared, you know, no matter what come race time.
0: You touched on a little bit earlier, but the men's team last year finished fifth at the national meet. Uh, you lose Jordan Cope, you, or excuse me, you lose Kareem Chingley. Jordan is back. Um, are the expectations crazy high for this team? Are they putting them a little bit more on themselves right now
1: yeah i mean i think some of it too is like you know we you know we were runner up last year in conference runner up last year at regionals and then you know fifth at nationals so every meet we you know every championship meet you know we came up empty handed um you know we knew we had a shot and you know that that's our goal i mean we haven't won conference um in 48 years um so you know obviously that's the first task at hand is you know getting you know taking care of business and you know getting our first conference title in you know very long time and then you know from there it's you know trying to do the unthinkable and doing what we've never done before which is finishing in the top four and getting on the podium and obviously you know the goal is to try to win and that's what they're pushing for and having Jordan back you know helps a lot but then you know adding you know some of the other guys we have and you know just getting our guys another year stronger and another year better um, you know the, the guys have really good expectations and really high expectations, but they're realistic too. Um, they you know they're cap. They feel like they have the capability, and you know workouts are definitely showing that they're really fit right now.
0: Jordan put up some ridiculous numbers and some ridiculously low times last year, and, and Kareem was right there. He's been with Northwest for a couple of years. Won't have him on the roster this year. Who's a standout on the men's team that Bearcat fans should watch for?
1: Oh, I mean there, there's a it's. There's a lot of guys. Um, obviously, you know Jake North was our number five last year. Yeah, he, he's been running really well this fall. Um, Reece Smith, who's a transfer from the University of Iowa. He' was the Iowa state champion um, state record holder in Iowa. I mean he's having a really good summer um, and then having a really good fall right now too. And then there's Fedrick um, and, Jordan, and Jacob McComasai. Um, both of those guys redshirted last year. Which you know we feel like those two guys are really going to be able to step in and you know make an impact as well. So you know we have you know you know three to four guys that we feel like are going to you know step up and do really you know really good things. And you know our depth this year is something that you know we feel like we have a lot more of than we did last year. Last year we you know we had a good team. You know had some good runners up front, but we were a little bit lacking in the depth behind our you know our four and five. Whereas you know this year, I mean even our six and seven from last year. Um, our six this year is running a lot better um, and he's running much better so you know we feel like we have like eight or nine guys that are probably going to be running just as fast as our number you know six did last year
0: you mentioned the women had some good transfers coming in you also said in the the release on the northwest website that you feel like the women's squad is due for a breakout performance Um, who should we watch for to stand out there and is there kind of that feeling of like all right we're being overlooked because the men's team's been so good. This is our chance to kind of step up and and, and turn some heads at Wichita.
1: Yeah, that's definitely. I, I think I think the girls, obviously, they're happy. You know, the success the guys had, but you know, they you know they they want their own success too, and you know they really put in the work. And you know, someone um, Delaney Dykes. I mean, she's one that I you know she took a big leap. Um, obviously, she had a you know really good indoor season. You know, she scored at conference, ran two fourteen in the eight hundred. Um, But, you know, she's someone that, you know, she really put in a lot of work and I think is she's going to stand out a lot um, to some people. And obviously, Caroline was, you know, our top girl last year. And then uh, Amber Owens, who's a transfer from Mount Olive University. um, She's right there with those three. So those three are going to be, you know, really strong up front. Um, And then, you know, we we have the depth behind us with some of the freshmen. And then Keely Danielson, you know, returning um, from last year, too. He was one of our better runners. So we feel like we just have a lot more depth and then just, you know, some more firepower up front on the ladies that, you know, we feel really good about where we're at. And um, obviously, you know, we're going to see what happens and, you know, give it our best shot and, you know, hopefully, you know, try to finish better than we have before.
0: The top four men's teams and the top five women's teams in this race at Wichita advanced on to the D2 National Invitational what would it mean in a year like this to to reach that national race but then also be on the podium whenever this is going to be your only essentially regular season race will be the the miaa championships it's been a bizarre year i mean what would that mean to this group overall um of being able to step up and say listen it mattered we stepped up we showed up and, and, and here we are on the podium
1: I, th- I think it would be you know a big step for for the program i mean you know, the teams that are usually finishing in the top four nationally are, you know, perennial powerhouses year in and year out. Um, and we're going to get the opportunity to go against, you know, Adams, who's, you know, Adams in Western and Colorado Mines, who are three of historically um, those three have been the only winners besides Grand Valley, of the, you know, um, winning nationals over the last 20 years. Um, so, you know, those teams are, you know, the powerhouses in Division two And, you know, we feel like we can, you know, go out there and run with them. Um, so, you know, having the confidence, you know, going into a regular season next year with, you know, bringing everyone back, um, you know, that that's the goal is, you know, just keep the momentum going and try to, you know, keep building on what we did last year and keep trying to move forward this year and then, you know, build on it for next year.
0: So we're getting set for the MIAA, essentially MIAA Championship meet coming up a little bit later this week and then the chance to go down to Lubbock Christian for the D2 National Invitational on November 14th. Both of your teams have been training, women's and the men's, and getting ready for it. If we see them out running, will we see Nick Gibson stride for stride with all these athletes?
1: No, no, not, <laughs> not at all. Coach Gibson has been more in the weight room over quarantine than actually out on the road running. <laughs>
0: You've been getting jacked, is what you're saying?
1: Yeah, yeah. Me and Coach, Gibson, me and Coach Masters have uh, been getting stronger, so I've, maybe have put on you know 15, 20 pounds of muscle over the last five months. So it's definitely been a different type of quarantine than, than the athletes. They were putting in the miles where I was lifting a lot of weight, well, well, I'm, I'm, comparatively a lot of weight. Right.
0: <laughs> and I'm wondering if I was doing this wrong because I was trying to put on 15 to 20 pounds in a different way of more just <laughs> potato chips and, and all of that. Outside of, outside of lifting weights, what has been your, your go-to activity throughout COVID and this r- ridiculous off season that we've had?
1: Uh, I mean, it's still, I mean, it's video games and still, you know, recruiting and trying to, you know, continue to, you know, build out Northwest and, you know, turn it into, you know, the powerhouse that, you know, me and Coach Masters believe it, it can be.
0: Well, huge steps last year and looking forward to, I mean, for as bizarre it is, still a chance to move forward and, and continue to grow that here this year. We've with the uh, pseudo MIAA championship uh, cross-country meet coming up this weekend uh, in Wichita, Kansas. Nick, we appreciate the time. Thanks for hopping on the podcast and look forward to talking to you again soon.
1: Thanks. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks again to Nick Gibson for joining us here on Bearcat Rewind, and good luck to the Northwest men's and women's cross-country teams in the Newman Invitational coming up this Friday afternoon. In case you missed it, over the last few weeks, our guests have included Rich Wright, Northwest Head football coach, had him on just one week ago talking about the upcoming scrimmages against Central Missouri and Washburn, former Bearcat running back Xavier Oman, former volleyball player Jenny Cruz, former Bearcat football kicker, Tommy Freever, and many more. So be sure to check out those archived podcasts. We appreciate the intro and outro music produced by Northwest professor, Alex Kurt. Thank you for listening to Bearcat Rewind. Please subscribe, rate, review, and tell your friends about the podcast. I'm Matt Tritton. We will talk to you again next time.